Welcome back, guys, to the third episode of the Winning Ticket Podcast. We're going to be doing the AFC South today in another episode of our divisional preview. I am joined by Mikey, Dean, and, of course, myself, Matt. Couldn't join us today. We miss him. He is a wonderful, beautiful man. He is. But he's He's not here today. He's an Adonis. And he is. And I'm just going to preface this episode with, if you don't already have a Titans jersey, you will probably oh, buy one by baby. the end of this. I've got six of them. This the, isn't going to be fun because it's going to be a lot of two-on-one because I'm the only Titans <laughs> <Yeah>. fader. <laughs> hey, they, yes. got, they got new uh, jerseys. They're really cool. They yeah, no, that I believe. They do have great jerseys, actually. Yeah. New some, blue helmets. Look sharp. Oh. All right, guys. Why don't we start off today? We're going to do the Jaguars first. So as you guys know, we use mybookie.ag. Some lines are going to differ. You could be betting uh, at a book in person in Vegas in, in New Jersey where we're at. Doesn't really matter. The lines are always going to be different. So the win total for the Jags this year is eight at the time of this recording. The over is going to be minus one forty-five. The under is plus one fifteen, and they are plus one fifty to win the division. They were ten and six, a playoff team last year. Dean, why don't you start us off, my man? It's actually interesting that they that their line's at eight. I'm pretty sure when I grabbed it, they were at nine even. And it's funny because during the World Cup, they had a bunch of different like multi-sport props where it was, I believe it was Portugal goals versus Jaguars win total plus like two and a half or something really convoluted. But I remember it had to be the Jaguars under eight. I took them at under nine when I actually went down and went through the team and the schedule. I have them at nine and seven. That's being generous. And I have them right at eight and eight. If I'm being, um, you know, worst case, best case, I like to give a nice little range. So flip of a coin, depending on if they're 500 or one game over. I definitely think last year, not, I'm not going to call it a fluke because that defense is really scary. And also Doug Marone really breeds a culture of real tough guy attitude. They have a pretty strong offensive line with Norwell. they got a great defensive line, great pass rush. It's just with anything in the NFL, a one year of tape under your belt, other teams could adjust. One thing that uh, really struck out to me when I was, you know, researching the Jags this year: um, twenty-two of their, tw- or sorry, twenty-one of their twenty-two starters uh, from last year are coming back this year. So again, you mentioned Doug Marone; he's a great coach, uh, builds a lot of chemistry there um, with the team. Another thing that uh, you mentioned their their offensive line um, that really played into that's pretty much their whole game plan last year: just give the ball to Fournette, don't have Bortles do anything because I don't care what you tell me, Blake Bortles is not good. <laughs> Mm. Um, yeah, so, you can't break it if you don't touch it. Yeah, so I think I feel like last year a lot of games they you know they had to lead early because they established the run so well, and then Blake Bortles just don't turn the ball over, just don't try and do too much, and their defense really just won them a ton of games last year. Like you said, they lost Puzlesny, who was kind of a uh, an aging linebacker, could not coverage. I know his stats are good in Madden. We <laughs> love Madden, yeah. but it, he was not a good cover uh, linebacker, especially when they're winning in a game, which they usually were, like you brought up. Uh, with four net early, they would just run and they take the clock off, and then these teams got a pass, and they would always be in in those nickel and dime sets. Uh, they also lost a nickel corner, but you know, going off what Mikey said, I don't really think that that matters. But losing Puzlesny kinda is a plus for them. Mikey, go ahead. Um, another thing that their pass defense is really what sticks out about the, uh, this team uh, with Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bouye. Um, is it Bouye? Boy? I usually say boy. AJ, if you're listening, please. uh, AJ, it's uh, at Winning Ticks Pod on Twitter. If you want to tell us how to correctly pronounce your name, please. uh, If you're out there, if he tweets Um, us, I will die. Yeah, (laughs) that'd be great. (laughs) He would never. But he was. uh, So they were uh, ranked number one in pass defense last year, according to Football Outsiders. Yeah, their defensive stats are off the charts. However, they were only they were 27th in rush defense. So Mm. a lot of that might have to come from the fact that they were up in a lot of games. So nobody's really running the ball too much against them. Um, but that's something that they're going to have to improve this year if they want to hit the over uh, eight wins. And that's a really good point because, it, you know, if Mikey could look that up in my living room, then you think that 31 other defensive coordinators know that. Love and that. They, mm, great and point. they know exactly what, uh, excuse me, offense coordinators. And you know exactly how to beat the Jaguars. You want to make make that offense on the field, you know. If you could stop Fournette, you put the ball back in Bortles' hands, and that seems to be a risk. Now, I know Blake Bortles has been much improved since last year. But still, it's one of those things where he's never really been truly tested. Last year, you know, you, all they asked what all they asked of him was to convert on third and ones, third and twos, put him in good quarterback friendly situations. It was very rare that they were down big and they asked him to throw his throw his uh, pants off, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's I have that as a big major risk for the Jaguars if they if they have if they need Blake Bortles to start opening the playbook up. Mm. That's where they're going to lose some of these games. 
definitely getting a lead early is going to be huge for them. But one, if, sorry, no, uh, one main thing that uh, so two subtractions that are going to be really killer to their offense, um, especially with you know Blake Bortles isn't as good a thrower as <laughs> most quarterbacks from the league anyway. Um, losing Allen Robinson, who is a severely underrated receiver, um, and also losing Allen Hearns, who's who's very well uh, did very well yeah. um, in his career there. But uh, they do have some young guys with uh, Westbrook and uh, Keelan Cole as well um, in training camp thus far. I think that they uh, I've, I've seen reports that they're really um, really showing out. So it's going to be interesting to see how the young receivers perform uh, in that offense. Yeah, and, and um, one quick point to that too: they also signed Dante Moncrief, who has been a big uh, mm. downfield threat mm. uh, historically on the Colts. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens if they, in that situation that I had lined up, where they will have to open the the playbook open. You know, who knows? Maybe Blake Bortles, another training camp under his belt, another year in the offense, kind of settles in. Who knows? He could be throwing bombs downfield to uh, Dante Moncrief. Know that he's a tight end guy. He checks out all the time. They had that one game in London where uh, Mercedes Lewis had a couple touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Like it's 2009. Mercedes Lewis, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, and um, yeah. The the other main point that I had about the Jaguars, really about the way that their offense runs, is you know as a Vikings fan that I am, I lived through the entire prime of Adrian Peterson's career, right? And in my opinion, he's the best running back I've ever seen, by far the best open field runner I've ever seen in my life. And you know, I kind of lived to the tail end of the Barry Sanders years. Anyway, the point that I'm making though is during the prime of the best running back that I've ever seen. They've never gone above the divisional round playoffs, the Vikings, that is, because they didn't have the quarterback play. And there was a trend that I noticed, and that was that with loaded boxes, and if you really don't respect the passing game, you could stop anyone at running. Running mm -hmm. is actually easier to stop than passing. Look at the Packers. Look at the Patriots. No one has figured out how to stop Brady, Rodgers, Breeze, etc. That's a great point. Um, but you could actually stop. I would rather play a team that you that is a great running team than a great passing team because there's a proven blueprint that you can stop that. Right. Anytime you throw bodies that just clog up lanes, I mean, it's a literal mm -hmm. body. It's 300 pounds in your way. So that's a fantastic point. I don't think we touched on Norwell being added. Um, probably one of the best offensive linemen in the league. So mm -hmm. that helps to kind of counter uh, the other side of the argument with the run game. But it's still going to be a challenge for them. If they don't get the lead, Bortles, like you said, they're going to have to do some different things in the playbook. So, I, you know, one thing I, I look at when I'm going through all of our all of our teams here is who did they add, who did they lose? So, okay, they did X, Y, Z last year. How is that going to be different from this year? And I think you look at they were they didn't lose really anybody like we talked about on defense. You got to figure their defense is going to be great, and they were supremely healthy so you got to think mm. maybe they get a little hurt this year mm -hmm. that's a quick point that i wanted to talk about before we go to the schedule but now that we're moving on they have the sixth easiest schedule in the league mm. so that's very encouraging and i think that they actually are going to get blown up here on some spot matchups based off of what we talked about with the four yards per carry that they give up on the ground that's obviously not awesome so look who they open up against uh giants on the road Guess who the, the Giants? I mean, Saquon Barkley is a, yeah. kind of a monster so far. I think we all predict Saquon Barkley to have a great career in the NFL. Yeah, his body's a tank. Yeah, so I have them beating the Giants Week One, but that's no easy game. I have them ten and six. So if any games jump out to you guys that we want to talk about specifically, um, I have them losing to someone like the Chiefs, for example. Mm -hmm. I have them losing to, and that's Chiefs on the road. I have them losing to the Pats at home. Just little games here and there. Like I said, sixth easiest, easiest schedule, but they have some spot matchups where they end up losing. I have them losing to the Colts in Week 10. Even though they're coming off a bye, the Colts are also coming off a bye. Teams in the division, I mean, maybe the Jags are also looking towards the Steelers game at home mm -hmm. um, the next week in Week 11. Do you have anything on that? Anybody? Yeah, I could totally see them just not getting off the bus. <laughs> that, that game's in Indianapolis, correct? Yeah, yes. absolutely. So, yeah, that's a perfect <clears throat> scheduling trap game. If I've ever seen one. And then we go on to week 12 that I have circled here. The Bills also have this game circled based off of what happened in the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Bills are also coming off a bye. Yeah, Those just, are two good reasons. I just don't think that the Bills have the talent as we touched on in the uh, AFC East. Definitely. I, I don't like the Bills at all this year. So, I mean, I still have the, I have the Jaguars winning that game. But uh, I'd see your point with, with the, the revenge game kind of from the playoffs. I just don't see them getting that done, um, even though it is at home. To close it out, I have them losing the last two games of the season. I have them losing against the Dolphins on the road and the Texans on the road. Texans just a, a, a matchup. That's going to be a really cool game to watch. But Week 16 against the Dolphins, 
because of the run game situation. Dean? Yeah, exactly. In that Week 17 <clears throat> game um, against Houston, that's a that's a big one that the schedule makers probably looked and they knew that would have playoff implications. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't know when that game is, but I wouldn't be surprised if we got flexed to like a Monday night or Sunday night, it, depending on if it had playoff implications. But I could totally see if whether or not the Texans are playing spoiler or uh, they are actually fighting for the playoff spot. But that, that's going to be an interesting one to circle. And that's kind of why I have them split right down the middle between 9, 7, 8, and 8, depending on uh, how you slice that. Right. I have them at 10 and 6. I didn't take this, but when I did the research, I, to be honest, I don't remember when I did the Jags. Uh, I jumped over a little bit, but I had them over minus 130. So I think I read minus 140 or, yeah, minus 145. So obviously people are taking the over. That's what we talked about in our pilot episode about the sharp action coming in on the Jaguars over. Maybe they're looking at the schedule. Maybe they're looking at some of the, the things you see in training camp with the offensive line. Mikey, what's going to be your play here? Uh, yeah, I have them at 11 wins, um, 10 or 11 wins. There's a few games here that could go either way. Um, I wouldn't take anything just because I think there's too much variance here with the uh, Bortles play and the fact that they were so healthy last year. you got to think that evens out a little bit. Maybe if they lose a key piece like Campbell on defense or uh, Telvin Smith or somebody like that. Um, that, that could really that could be a big blow to uh, them in the season. That's a great season long handicap. We got yeah. the Texans up next. Dean, closing thoughts. Yeah, and um, like I had mentioned off the off the top, I did take the Jags uh, when I got it. It was under nine, and it's actually interesting that whenever we discuss these lines, I, I'm not sure when you are you consumer are listening <laughs> to this, but if it's still before the season and you could get them at eight, um, even if it's a weird you know Mexican sports book in Tijuana <laughs> right. that has them at seven and a half. <laughs> And you and you really love the the over, then I would honestly right now mm-hmm. consider taking that. If you see a line that you like at any given moment, it, as long as it's in your bankroll, um, put some money on it. Definitely. The only reason why I would steer clear of plus one fifty to win the division is because of the injury variance. Like Mikey said, that is a a real stat that you know that sharps look at, but squares kind of have a, a tough time looking at. So mm-hmm. next we move on to the Texans. Again, lines are going to differ depending on who you use. Win total is nine. Over is minus 115. The under is also minus 115, and they are also plus 150 to win the division. They were in abysmal 4-12 and last year after they lost a couple of key pieces. Who wants to start us off, boys? Mikey, let's go for it. Yeah, man. Um, so obviously the, the key with the Texans this year is whether or not Deshaun Watson's healthy. Um, the difference in play last year between when he was in and out was astounding. You know, he had a few games with five touchdowns. Just looked like he just dominated. Um, the biggest stat uh, without Watson, um, they were 31st in rushing. With Watson in the lineup, they were third in rushing. That is offense. absolutely monumental that's, when you think about that's it. That's crazy, especially with Lamarbage at running back. Yeah, and that and that dictates. Um, and sorry, I didn't mean to no, jump in, but but that really that has so many different implications when it comes to running the ball. That's the difference between having your defense on the field for 20 minutes to 40 minutes. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, especially that defense mm-hmm. when, when you know when everybody's healthy. But yeah. think about it. Who would you guys put, not fantasy, just power rankings, who would you put as the number three running back? It doesn't have to be exact. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Who's the number third, and who is among the worst? Dean, who, do you, who would you put at third best running back in the league? Third best running back? Uh, off the top of my head, probably like someone like a Zeke Elliott. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would yeah. say I'd somewhere go, around like Gurley, Bell. How can right, you go wrong yeah. with Gurley, Bell, Zeke? I'd go Gurley third, and then worst, uh, obviously Isaiah Crowell. Uh, he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lamar Miller is not not close. He's basically when Isaiah Crowell gets home, he like wipes his makeup off, <laughs> he washes his face, and then looks in the mirror, and lo and behold, he is Lamar Miller. I ha- I could go. I could, we can honestly have our, our own feature length episode about Lamar Miller. We should he, do that. Actually. He is the bane of my existence. Literally, I had him every year he's been in the NFL. On Miami, they started benching him so that they wouldn't pay him a contract. Don't you think that he'll leave if you bench him? And then this year I picked him. I felt bright-eyed and bushy-tailed that Lamar Miller is going to do a lot of big things, and they just tried to get anyone besides him the ball. I digress. I mean, you never know. He might have – I mean, if Watson's healthy, oh, I know. third in rushing with Watson. So, I mean – But that's the difference. Yeah. When Would you rather have Zeke or would you rather have – I mean, that's literally from game to game. That's mm-hmm. what it was like when you mm-hmm. put it in terms like that. Yeah, that becomes pretty serious mm-hmm. team. Yeah, and then um, – <clears throat> It was good that Mikey brought up the Watson injury. I, I know that the ACL, I believe he had the ACL, MCL, and PCL, a complete mm-hmm. tear, right? I think he's also torn an ACL in ACL early college. in college as well. Yeah. So. so it is really, um, and it's interesting when we cover the Colts as well, it's going to be, it's hard to predict how these guys are going to play one, mm-hmm. coming back from right. some of these severe injuries. 
And I think that the Texans are one of those teams that when you say it to me, like in passing, hey, how do you think the Texans are? I don't feel anything, really. It doesn't really move mm-hmm. me one way or another. And I think a part of that apathy is because of the injury problems that they have at all their key positions. Uh, one, th- one thing to watch is how Watson runs and how, how more specifically, how he puts pressure on that repaired knee. You guys have been mentioning that they were so prolific at running. I don't think a lot of that was because like he's in the game for the passing threat. Which you know, of course, that does factor in. But also Watson carrying it himself. Mm-hmm. If he could, if he has that aspect of his game taken away because of the injury that he can't really run and he can't really extend, not just extending plays, but running for positive yards. I think that'll change. I know that we were watching a Thursday night game against the Bengals where he gashed them right up the middle. Oh, that was, that was fun. Beautiful. I had him in uh, yeah. in DraftKings. That was yeah, right. was yeah, that his yeah. first game? That was his first start. Yeah. yeah. I was really excited to have with Watson a type of similar situation to RG3, you know, the electric arm and legs. And then, he, you know, RG3, unfortunately, had to go deal with all those injuries and that kind of just derailed his career. So uh, hopefully Watson can stay healthy and is as effective because he was very fun to watch last year. I've stayed a little quiet here. Um, I have the Texans at 11. No, I have them at 12 and 4. Look, I'm a huge Texans believer. Let me explain a couple things here. Obviously, I look at additions and subtractions. They have the easiest schedule, okay? Out of all the teams in the entire universe, they play the easiest team. You got to see when we go through the schedule. You got to see some of the teams that they that they play, especially home and road splits. I think their strengths: pass rush, obviously, defense. Let me read you some of the acquisitions they got on D. And uh, the quarterback, just quarterback play in general. Now, their weaknesses, run game like we talked about. With Deshaun Watson healthy, I don't even know if that's an issue, especially because they're going to split time Mm -hmm. between a couple different backs. I can't say that that's not an issue, obviously, but I think that that's not going to be as big a factor as people think. They have a very poor offensive line. However, they seem to do okay when Deshaun Watson was back there because of his uh, because of his everything, really. I mean, he's not Tom Brady, but he's. I think he's an above-average quarterback. I don't think there's enough film out on him yet i'm not saying he's going to be top five guy um in the league but after he plays a season or two then we really find out if he's if he's talented or not but i think his mobility helps their injuries were obviously a huge problem so far so good um i think you look at some of the teams they play early they play a couple of good teams early and that helps them because later on let's say they do get hurt then a lot of these teams they don't need everybody to beat mikey uh, just want to touch on two things that you mentioned. Their line uh, was dreadful last year. Um, their only returning lineman is Nick Martin, their center. So they got a whole. They were bad last year, and they got a whole bunch of new guys to come and learn. You know the blocking schemes and things like that. Another thing you mentioned, obviously, was the uh, was the health factor. Um, you know their receiving core is great. Hopkins and Fuller had great years last year when Watson was in. So if he's not healthy, they're almost not non-factors because they're both pretty talented. Yeah, but just their value is so much less. Also, their health on defense. Um, J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney were born with glass bones and paper skin. <laughs> um, so, I mean, J.J. Watt, let's clip this. J.J. Watt will get hurt this year. Wow. That is going to happen. Okay. Yeah, and let me just pile on because I've said for a long time that J.J. Watt is probably one of my least favorite players in the NFL. I just think his whole shtick is fake. And his whole, like, <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm a good guy. And, like, isn't that? He, it's don't, like, he donated, like, millions oh, I, to I, the hurricane. I know, I know. But I think it's one of those things, and, and not to go biblical, but I'm going biblical. It's one of those things where it's like, where did that act originate from? Was that from in his heart? He was like, wow, these hurricane people need my money. No, he's like, I could get Instagram likes. Let me go help these people. Yeah, but how so, does that affect the wind? Uh, hold on. I just, wanted, I just wanted to pile. I wanted to pile okay, on to your really quick. Fine, fine. So I, um, hope, I hope he listens to this and just knocks on your door one I'm day. And he's confident. like, he's you money, just dude. six, eight. Well, I, I, would be fine. I would be fine because he'd be showing up with three three torn quadriceps somehow. <laughs> um, and, and also, J.J. Watt, if you're listening, you are on HGH. I know that. Oh, yeah. everyone, for some reason, nobody else calls that out. You're not fooling anyway, me, JJ. Um, yeah, and that was something that I just wanted to touch on really quick. That when he plays, he's undeniable. Let, let's not you know, beat mm-hmm. around the bush. Three-time defensive player of the year when mm-hmm. he plays. Yeah, yeah, he is very good. And having a, a strong pass rush, I, along with having the Whitney Merciless, having Jadavion Clowney, it's also providing pressure. That's really how you have a, a strong defense. Um, they also added Tyrion Matthew. I'm not sure if you yeah, mentioned yeah. that. But the old Honey Badger is over, and he's actually really good. He's a he's kind of one of those weird hybrid he safety play, linebackers. He could play linebacker. Yeah, if he's, man, he's real, that D that really helps. Yeah, he's mm, short. Awesome. He's short and like thick. Could stop the run. He could also play the ball pretty well. I'm actually not sure what happened to him at Arizona. 
Uh, maybe there's some big story that I'm missing, but I'm not sure why they got rid of. I think it was just contract disputes, yeah. or something like that. But uh, well, that's it, a big ad. Yeah, definitely. Their secondary last year suffered big time with the injuries to their pass rush. So if they could keep everybody healthy and you know get pressure on the quarterback, maybe the quarterbacks can make some bad throws into that talented uh, defense. If their defense, Dean just caught a fly in with one hand. Yo, that was incredible. That was I wish the most we were amazing thing. simulcasting. <laughs> Did you see that? that wow. You know what's funny? Uh, there was a couple seconds where I was debating whether or not to announce that into the mic, but I just saw, it might have been like a mosquito. It was just it was kind of flying around. <laughs> and I just, I'm, I'm wearing yellow tinted glasses. If you know me, you know these glasses very well. Oh, yeah. And so my depth perception is a little bit off. I just. I freaking snagged that. Right, <laughs> That's okay. We're it, also ninjas here. Absolutely. Yeah. This is actually a perfect team to follow the, the super healthy Jags because you look at the Jags, their health could be on the way down. You look at the Texans, they had 13 starters on the IR last year. Even wow. if there are names that you don't know and I don't know, that's kind of tough. You, you game plan around certain guys. Mm-hmm. That's really, really hard. All right, I have a couple questions for you guys. Um, if you take Tyron Matthew and put him on the team last year, do you think they are better – then four and twelve. Absolutely yes. Because they're. Uh, go ahead. I don't know if a safety could influence the game that much with with a quarterback like Tom Savage out there and all the the I mean the injuries to their pass rush would really Good kind point. of expose the second. Well, there. really, what it was was um, you have to really start grading the value of those losses. Um, were they close games? Like wh- I'm sure that. And, of course, I'm not knowledgeable enough to say off the top of my head. I'm not a huge Texans fan that it was like, well, there's one game they had, they were pretty close. But if, if my memory serves, they weren't getting blown out of games. I'm sure they did get blown out of, of yeah, some really games. Yeah, a few games like they but, got smacked around with the Jags. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure that having – I do know that Jonathan Joseph got kind of uh, beaten up on that one corner. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and having like someone like a Tyrion Matthew maybe even blitzing or uh, providing additional run support or even just having the threat of him lurking around back there. Yeah, that's true. I, I think that out of their 12 losses, I'm sure we could find one game that, that, that would have maybe influenced yeah. a little bit different. That's true. So if everyone stays healthy this year, if everything is perfect and their talent level is, is what it is, it's healthy 100%, what would you guys put their record at? Without All right, I'm going to say without looking at the schedule, that's kind of hard because now you know they have the – the easiest schedule. Mm-hmm. They have six games, six games against opponents with five fewer games won in twenty seventeen. Five or fewer, I should say, mm-hmm. in twenty seventeen. Six. That's pretty much yeah. five, well, five and one at the very a, least. I have a really good. I have a great point to make on that though. Um, the AFC South plays the AFC East and the NFC East. Now, the mm-hmm. AFC East, as we uh, laid out in episode one, they are probably one of the worst divisions in football. You got Miami, who last year had Cutler. They got. Um, the, the Bills, who are kind of like a weird... Depending on when you played them, you, you might yeah. not know who they you're facing. They play them early. They play them yeah. early. And then you got the Jets, who, you know, at times were scrappy, but also are not a very good team. So, honestly, to answer your question, and to, to that point, to kind of poke a little bit of a hole in that stat, one of those teams, too, were, are the Giants, who we all, I think... Uh, everyone in this room agrees that the Giants are going to be watching point. through. Yeah, yeah. So you can so, make it a case like five games against. Yeah, you know, if you think against that. teams yeah. that are that are on the up and up, and teams that are rebuilding and maybe um, ready to make that next jump. Definitely. So, if everything goes, uh, pretty much the the crux of everything is, I'm saying, I can see this team being healthy this year, and if they are, mm-hmm. this is what I'm predicting. You guys are pretty yeah. much saying it's still too much of a question mark for you guys, which is why you have them at. What would you say? Nine I, and, I have nine them at seven? nine and seven, even, and I, I think that I'm pretty confident in that. I think that yes, Deshaun Watson will um, be able to steal a couple games, whereas a lesser quarterback without that same uh, pedigree mm-hmm. would definitely lose for them. I do think that there are some question marks though still within the front office. Uh, Bob, McNair, Bob McNair, their owner, had some questionable oh, the comments. Um, comments. Yeah, some comments. I don't know if the, some of the players are going to be playing. You know, for him, yeah. Just, oh no. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I'm not, I, I don't bring that up to say like, oh, the Texans are going to go eight and eight because of Bobby. Right, right, right. But it is one of those things. I do know that you know, if you look at the way an organization is run, because let's face it, a football team is literally a business. And I do know for some reason I've been hearing rumblings that Bill O'Brien is on the hot seat, or mm. not the hot seat like per se, but his seat is getting warmer, so mm. to speak. So who knows? I mean, Joe, let me let me counter your question with another question. Let's just say. They lose their opening three games, right? You said um, in New England, right? Yeah, in New England, in, Tennessee, Tennessee, and then at home, finally against the Giants. 
Okay, so all three of those teams are actually two of those teams are on major upswing, and New England Patriots are just the New England Patriots. It's in let's Foxborough just, too. So and let's just say yeah. they open up zero and three, and Bill O'Brien has this hot seat, and um, the owner is you know feeling the pressure, and he's like trying to overcompensate for his own bigotry that he that he displayed last year. Who knows? Maybe he fires Bill O'Brien, and then they're in disarray, and they kind of throw this year away. Right. Also, you have to look at you know second year in, in the same offense for Deshaun Watson. Who knows how his rehab went? Was he studying plays? Was he, mm-hmm. you know, kind of? I I don't know him. Well, I don't know like how he is to, as him. a student. He's yeah, a friend. <laughs> he's my boy. <laughs> but like, I I don't know what the what his degree of learning is with the the, the pedigree of that. Usually, right. we see quarterbacks either take a huge step forward or or a tiny step back in their second year. So you never know. Oh. Dude, we got another bug coming. <laughs> we need life. Dean. We need you to <laughs> slap to your handiwork. Don't you worry, guys. I got this. But yeah, that, that's the point I'm making. Um, the one question mark that I see is, of course, Watson's stability. The, some members of the defense, uh, as Mikey had mentioned, JJ Watt and Jadavion Clowney are fragile. <laughs> and then also you got the the aspect of Bill O'Brien and kind of a funky organization. Who knows what kind of changes might make? If I'm not mistaken. Two years ago, they went to the playoffs. They're not a dominant, but they were a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And I think JJ Watt was out, right? I think he was out the whole year. They, so they, they and then they won, the, they won the play. They beat the Raiders because Derek Carr, that was a 12-4 and four Raiders year, and yeah, Derek yeah. Carr was out, and they, they played some janitor. Right, so they ran into a little <clears throat> spot, like a situational yeah. matchup. That's then, why I they, forget they how they won. play after that, but I, I imagine. All right, so that's a, there's, I guess there's a little asterisk next to that. But I think J.J. Watt can at least play 12 games this year, um, maybe a little maybe a little high on that. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's that, well, at least that's why I have them at 12-4. and four. Um so yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a lot of teams, a lot of games, I should say, that we need to talk about. They close out after their bye. Wow, guys, they close out really, really good here. Yeah, um, I think I, they I have agree. them winning out, except uh, against the Eagles, and I even yeah, have them twelve yeah. and four with splitting with the Jags. So it's not like I have them dominating in their division, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I have them splitting with the Titans and the Jags. I have them sweeping the Colts. Um, I don't think the Colts are very good, as we'll talk about in a couple minutes. But you know, I, I man, I just don't see it happening for uh, for the Colts, but. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I have them actually. Uh, I mean, this is all if if everything you know everybody stays healthy and and all that. Um, I have them at eleven wins. Um, still, if we're talking in betting terms, over under nine, I would not. I would just completely stay away from this. I would fade this game, this line completely, um, just because it's too big of a question mark. Especially when so much rides on the quarterback play. So if Watson is not what he was last year, or if he gets hurt again, they are they're done completely. Right. Uh, next up. Oh my goodness, I am dreading. I'm dreading this team. We got <laughs> your 2018 Super Bowl champion. <laughs> the Titans. All right, so lines are going to differ. We use mybookie.ag. Win total is 8.5. Over is plus 105. Under is minus 135. They are plus 300 to win the division. Mikey has already took right. a couple of rent payments All right. out and put that on. Let me start us off. They were, to do this I'm not months. even finished. He's too excited. <laughs> they were 9-7 and seven last year. Uh, they were a playoff team. They beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs are yeah. are just weird. The, the Chiefs are allergic to winning at home. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, why don't you get us going, dude? All right. So, first off, we got a new head coach, Mike Vrabel. Both me and Dean, huge Mike Vrabel guys. I don't understand how that love, can be considered a complete lock of a strength. Love Please continue. the intensity of Mike we'll Vrabel. Right, because he yells a lot. Mikey's no, like, no, no. yeah! No, this is what, he's a player. He's for the players. He so is, you want to hear what he did at practice right. the other day? Okay, I like this. Guy gets hurt. He's on the ground. He, this is Crying, probably. Thing. This actually he, happened. <laughs> so, he's you know, a guy got hurt. He stopped the practice. To make sure that guy was, you know, attended to. That doesn't happen. It sounds pretty weak, in my opinion. No, that's nice. Loser. He's kind, he's kind and a good coach. I'm glad he's a sweet man. Yeah, he's that's a gonna really get some wins, also, dude. Belichick is a d bag. How, well, how do you like that? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it all. Would even, Belichick stop practice? I, well, he would. Belichick, well, why? Right. You're not letting me finish here. All right, because right. I'm angry. Anyway, keep going. All right, so we got a new offensive coordinator. He was the quarterback coach for Matt Ryan on the Falcons in 2015, 2016. Then he was, and you know. Obviously, mm. Matt Ryan has shown improvement. Falcons have shown improvement. Yeah, in those they made years. Super Bowl. Two thousand seventeen, clutch Falcons. Two thousand seventeen, <laughs> offensive coordinator of or QB coach rather of the Rams, Jared mm. Goff. Vast improvement. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so a you, good point. So, <laughs> darn it! So, so you got him. Then going on to the other side of the ball, defensive coordinator. They uh, acquired Dean Pease, mm. which is an unfortunate name, as yeah. I mentioned in the other. <laughs> the it's Ravens. also something that Dean does. I, I yes. did a little bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so. He's, uh, the, as I said in the Ravens uh, preview, he overachieved with the Ravens. They had great defenses, even when they didn't really have that much talent. So you combine that with the talent that the Titans have with guys like Arakpo, who's a veteran. They got Malcolm Butler from the Patriots, 
Um, you know, after that snafu in the in the Super Bowl, nobody really knows still why he was benched. Mm-hmm. So that'll help their their pass game. They got Kevin Biard, who's an All Pro. They just lost Jonathan Cyprian to an ACL, unfortunately, but they just signed today Kenny Vaccaro at safety. Wow, who's uh, you know he's he's yeah. serviceable. Okay, yeah, um, and good. then uh, add all that with Jarrell Casey on the line, who's a stud uh, pass rusher. So I think we're looking at a very good team here on offense and defense. Yeah, absolutely. And um, since we already previewed two teams that um, I'm not really too high on, so I don't see their division as actually a problem. I actually have them going 5-1 and one in their division with a sweep of the Texans um, and, of course, a loss in Jacksonville. So I actually have them at 11-5. and five. I took Futures out on their, their over of 8.5 and, and also to take the, them to win the division. Um, now, that bet was just because I really liked the – the odds on that one, I, th- I believe it was plus four fifty, mm-hmm. so that was a pretty good, pretty good odds when I took it. But yeah, just going to echo some things that Mikey had touched on. Mike Vrabel was off the Belichick coaching tree. He literally um, was a player for him. Mm-hmm. Mike Vrabel, he's one of those guys. He's not just a former player. Like uh, a lot of times, we see like a failed backup quarterback uh, be a coach, and this is going to directly contradict myself. But Doug Peterson was like that, <laughs> like mm-hmm. a backup quarterback, never played a lot, but. Um, Mike Vrabel, you know, you know, it's rare that we see like a real linebacker get a head coaching or move into coaching. Mm-hmm. But Vrabel was always someone that he, you know, he learned from the best. The one downside that I have is he might be a little bit green as a as a new head coach. Who knows? Maybe yeah, late game situations, that. managing timeouts. That's why I didn't <clears throat> fully jump in and drink the sauce and have them at thirteen <laughs> and three. Um, but like the rest of the division, they play the AFC East, which is also a very bad division. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have the Titans uh, beating everyone, and also have them beating the Patriots. Mainly as a Patriot revenge game, like Mikey had touched on, Malcolm Butler was mysteriously benched for the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, and you, you he, think yeah, Vrabel wants to he wants to be Belichick. Yeah, and honestly, it's one of those things where I'm going to go as far as to say that if Malcolm Butler played in the Super Bowl, they probably would have won. <laughs> I mean, he would have been defending on the Alshon Jeffrey yeah. play, but yeah. so I see that as a big revenge game. I actually had them starting out, I think eight and two, so I have them at eleven and five with just a, a, a couple of snags in the road. Now, what they do beyond winning the division, making the playoffs is for another episode, but right. um, yeah, that's that's where I have them set up. I really like what you said about the the splitting with the Texans. Actually, I think I I do have them splitting with the Texans just because the Texans get owned with the the pass rush. So, and especially with Dean Pease, he's he's been able to do some things in uh, in Baltimore when he really didn't have much talent. Mm-hmm. So he was able to scrap together stuff, and now he has some pieces to rush the passer. Yeah. So that is kind of an issue, and that's something where you know I don't think uh, going back to Texans for because I just can't get enough of the Texans. <laughs> That they that could you know they could run into some problems there. I would like to say, however, as long as we're throwing out weird things about coaches, Dean Pease retired, and then twenty days later took the position with the Titans. So who knows? He saw this Titans team, and he's like, I got to be a part of history. He's like, I want to help Iraq. <laughs> he's sitting at home on his couch saying, What on earth am I doing? This is so boring. I guess I'll take the Titans job. I disagree mm. with that. That's he's that's a that total a, a opinion. That right, we on. can't prove any of it. Let me let me let me play into that really quick though. Uh, he's at home, he's sitting, he's looking at his wife, maybe someone he hasn't seen very often because he's been holed away in Baltimore trying to figure that crap organization out. <laughs> and he sees his wife and like, God, I'm married to that. He sees his kids, <laughs> maybe a bunch of weirdos, and he's like, holy crap, i got to get a job. And then he sees Knight in Shining Armor with also an awesome beard and very probably the most jacked head coach in the league. Yeah. Mike Vrabel oh, comes yeah. in wi- riding on a white horse and is like, join me, man whose name is a sentence. Get on my horse. <laughs> and then Dean Pease goes, you know what? I have to leave my family again and help this team. Because they really do, like like you had mentioned, and to be serious for a minute, they do have a lot of talent. They had some acquisitions. The offense is going to be much turned around, too, with Derrick Henry finally getting DeMarco Murray out of the way. They also got Deion Lewis. Uh, if I'm... I, 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 I don't know if I'm stealing anyone's takes. No, but no, I'm not stealing it. I just, I, yeah, I love, yeah, I, I, I also have a rebuttal here, but keep going. I am yeah. literally in love with Derrick Henry, um, along with Deion Lewis as a change of pace back. Absolutely. Um, and I along think, with, again, I mean, um, their their offensive line is uh, the best in the league, according to letsgotitans.org. <laughs> so, Taylor Luan's a monster. Which is my homepage. But, uh, again, I mean, they even have some threats in the passing game. Um, with Corey Davis. <laughs> Corey Davis, their uh, fourth overall pick last year, or the yep. fourth overall pick, their first their first pick last year. Um, he was hurt, you know, last year. He had a few few games where he showed some flashes of his talent. Um, so really expect him, if he's healthy, to take off this year, along with, uh, and that kind of takes pressure off of Delaney Walker, who's you know he just seems to yeah. he's like Frank Gore, he just never ages. just just signed a big and deal just, too. Yeah, and then Rashard Matthews is serviceable at receiver, so I think that they can. Uh, 
they can you know make some noise on offense as well. Definitely. The splitting time with Deion Lewis is going to be huge for them. Derrick Henry split a lot of time last year. I think that's why some of his success happened. Also, his stats were padded. He had a 72-yard touchdown run very, very late. I mean, maybe with a minute to go. To close uh, out games because he's clutch. And then another 75-yarder. So he had two garbage-time home run moonshots. It wasn't garbage-time. Those were close games. Look it up. And they were put, up a touchdown. They are running the clock out. Yeah, and he put it away. Don't make me Put it to bed. The stats, dude. Put it to bed, Derek. All he needed to do was you get beast. a first down, and he's like, whoa, I got my fans up Yeah, he's like, no, I can't just stop at first downs. I can only score touchdowns. But That's a serious point, do. the Deion Lewis does help because he is a classic just Annihilate someone in the A gap. They're pretty much like, to yeah. They're pretty much like the Diet Patriots. They just have a bunch of their players. And they yeah. have the 31st easiest schedule, which is wild. Which is what Dean said earlier. Yeah, and it's interesting too that um, Mikey had made the comparison that they they kind of have their team um, structured around the Patriots, uh, kind of similar to the way that they set their team up. I really think Deion Lewis will help. Um, not in the running game so much, even though he is a little bit better than average in running. That a lot of times we just see him, you know, catching those halfback wheels or mm-hmm. screens and stuff. But knowing a scrambling quarterback and knowing the mentality behind a scrambling quarterback, I know that Mariota struggled with offense coordinators in the past that were trying to either make him only like a Michael Vick type with like X amount of designed runs because he he does have wheels. Um, so they they couldn't really figure out his development plan with whether it was designed runs or turning him into a pocket passer. I definitely think having a nice little marriage of that and a Deion Lewis having almost like a reverse quarterback spy, having him kind of shadow Mariota on a passing play, split out if if trouble is for a dump out, anything like that. I've I've seen that in the past. Um, I call back to like the 2006 Vikings. They had Jermaine Wiggins at the tight end that kind of served as like a bodyguard to Culpepper. Anytime he was in trouble, he would just dump off to him and then he would uh, run it. The rest of the way. So definitely see Deion Lewis as a big play in the passing game, not so much the running game. I think that they're going to take the training wheels off Derrick Henry finally. Guy has, like, no mileage on his body. Mm-hmm. Like Joe said, he didn't even get tackled on those. He didn't get tackled <laughs> on those plays. He was like, I'm not hitting the ground. I'm just going to go score it. So it's one of those things, too, where, like, um, you know, he's a Alabama guy, played in an NFL-style system. He's been very successful every time he's touched the ball in the NFL. It, that could also be spun as a negative thing. Let's see how he holds up with a workload of like right. 380 mm-hmm. carries, or maybe even 420, I mean, depending looking, on how. Just looking at the guy, he, I mean, he looks yeah. like he could handle the workload. He's a absolutely. Huge, he's enormous. But that's, that's still true. a question mark that remains. But, yeah. Yeah. My last point is the uh, is Mariota last year with his hammy injury. Now, if Brady or Eli, just some of the most unmobile quarterbacks, uh, immobile, I should say, cool grammar, dude. <laughs> some of those guys, if they get a hammy and they can't run. They figure it out. If it's Mariota, running is a big part of his game. Now, I looked for a bunch of stats to try to prove my point because I think that that is a pretty valid point. And you couldn't find him, could Now, you? I, look, I, I tried <laughs> for a while <laughs> because him not being mobile, is it's it's like more of it. Like it's like Watson. If Watson wasn't mobile, yeah, that obviously that matters. But really, after week four, he put up the same kind of average numbers um, as when, you know, as weeks one through four. Like I said, it's not... There's really no discrepancy, unfortunately, Mikey. I mean, yeah, the one thing, I'm not, you know, just a total uh, Titans believer in every aspect. Yes, I mean, you are. I mean, I am in most aspects. But Mariota also has yet to play a full season, um, so the injury concerns are there. Also, he had a pretty down year throwing the ball last year. I think mm-hmm. he had, what, like 13 touchdowns, 17 picks, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers. Right. But uh, he still has yet to throw a pick in the red zone, I believe, or turn the ball over at all in the red zone. So once they get close, interesting he... He really buckles down and, and gets it done. So if he could just translate that to the rest of his game, I think he could turn into something special. Definitely. As I briefly pointed out, 31st hard – I don't know why I always do that. 31st hardest schedule is a fancy, stupid way of saying the second easiest. What's yeah. it, what is it with you and double negatives? Dude? I don't yeah. know why I do that. The Titans won't not, 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 uh, not win the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, it's because you didn't pass first grade. Right, That's right. I'm right. a literal kindergartner. But look, <laughs> as we zero pounds. As, <laughs> as, we, as we go through the schedule – um, not impressed with any of these teams. Mm. However, I don't see a quarterback of his caliber leading them past a average nine and seven to the max team. I don't think they have the biggest range, as we talked about, despite their schedule. I have them at seven and nine only because I am a Texans Jags believer in this division rather than Titans. This has a lot of discrepancy in this division. I thought that I tried to give a, a pretty good handicap. You guys had some great handicaps. Uh, really, it's just. The listener, maybe if they have any extra info, they can make their decision. That that's what I went with, and I, I'm, I'm a big believer in the Texans staying healthy. Yeah. So um, at this point, we're just gonna go into the Colts, uh, Joe. If you wanted to kick that off, absolutely. Let's go for it, man. 
So I got them at seven and a half as their win total. Uh, obviously, the lines are going to differ. The over is 115. The under is 115, and they are plus 380 to win the division. They were four and 12 last year with Andrew Luck not playing the entire season. Dean, start us off. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest uh, mystery surrounding the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and when I was doing my research, the one thing that I kept on getting tripped up on was what is Andrew Luck now? Uh, how How is he? Why hasn't he thrown in since 2015? What's going on, really? And as I researched, it seems that he's pretty much all systems go. They said that he's throwing, but he's not like up to the degree that he was. Because let's face it, when he left... Back in 2015, he was pretty much top of the game. Sorry, I just killed him on the bug. So. <laughs> That's insane. I'm watching this. We need to get an exterminator. Yeah, right I, I nailed that. If you guys have any bug problems, uh, let me know. I, yeah, we do, we take care of sports betting as well as bugs. Yeah, I'm literally... Uh, so. I'm the terminator. Anyway, um, yeah, the point I was making was that when Andrew Luck left, I feel like a lot of people are forgetting that he was literally like in the conversation of top three. Mm. Um, top five, obviously... But yeah, yeah. top three, I heard a couple of things floating around. And they were saying, you know, is Tom Brady's successor of the face of the NFL going to be Andrew Luck? And whereas, you know, Tom Brady is Michael Jordan figure, maybe Andrew Luck is the LeBron figure. And having Aaron Rodgers really as that Kobe Bryant transitional fraud goat, so to speak. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to take that opportunity to, to blast Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> but it's really interesting. When I was researching the Colts, I wanted to know that for sure. Uh, let's look at some of their acquisitions. They drafted Quentin Nelson, who apparently is a man amongst boys. Mm, yeah. He's a monster playing guard. So whenever I see a great guard you know, going on to a team and figuring that out, I always think, okay, fine, you run the ball every single down and throw when you have to. That's really the blueprint that I'm most comfortable with, and those are the teams that I kind of lean towards. But they don't really have a running back. I, I, the other guys are going to you know, display a little bit more about like who these guys are. The one thing that kept on standing out to me when I was doing the research is that they don't have a running game. They've historically not been able to protect Andrew Luck. And I actually heard, so Oliver Luck is going to be the commissioner of that new football league that's not the XFL, so I haven't bothered to learn their name. Yeah, I don't care. it was the XFL. No, so he's going to be the commissioner of the other one that has, like, actual teams. I I know Jared Allen's an owner. Brad Childress is one of the coaches. So Oliver Luck, uh, he used to be a quarterback, and historically he's been the one campaigning saying that Andrew Luck or his son, Andrew, needs to be on a different team. So I can really see this going two, one of two ways. One, Andrew Luck returns to normal form and the Colts go 9-7. and seven, right. Or Andrew Luck's still not all there. His dad's trying to get him to leave town. Um, Jim Ursay is a noted alcoholic and weirdo. <laughs> He's a liar, so, too, apparently. Dude, literally, Josh McDaniel was about to take the, the job and then uh, swerved left and they got Frank Reich, who's like, what, not even, what was he, Philly's quarterback coach or personnel sure guy? He's never been a head coach Yeah, before, so Frank Wright barely knows Another it. thing about their coaching staff, uh, their new defensive coordinator, um, has never called plays professionally. Ooh. So that's going to be a big, <laughs> yeah. so uh, going back oh, to, no. to what you said about you know protecting Luck, they allowed 56 sacks last year, which was first in the NFL. Um, and also on defense, they were 31st in like getting sacks. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they, <laughs> yeah. they just—they're they not do, tough. Their That's, line play yeah. is horrible. Well, they um, just signed uh, Jabal Sheard, who is one of the oh, guys. Man. Yeah, he's one of the guys on the New England that they deemed unnecessary. So he's probably never going to be decent again. I got something on the run game here. Marlon Mack didn't really rush that much. He got under a hundred attempts. However, he got three point eight yards per carry with a abysmal line and them literally going four and twelve. Obviously, we know you can't run the ball when you're down two or three scores in the second half. So I think that's pretty impressive that he was able to get almost four yards per carry. Plus, he got 10.7 yards uh, averaging receiving. I don't think that that's something to just sneeze at yeah. based off of He does have some team. talent. Right, so I think Marlon Mack could be okay. But um, that's I, I have them picking up like the occasional win just because of mm-hmm. their run game. But yeah. believe me, he's not a world beater. And just, and just really quick, uh, to wrap up my original point, when you know seeing such a wide discrepancy, usually I, I narrow it down between – Two different uh, totals, maybe like uh, for for example, for Jacksonville it was nine and seven or eight and eight. This one, I literally when I did my initial research, it was three and thirteen or nine and seven, and that's a huge discrepancy. Yeah. So really, when I looked down into it and made a little bit about um, predictions about the the season, I do know right now in training camp, uh, Andrew Luck has found a favorite target already, and it's someone who's notoriously. Uh, he got ran out of the team that he was on, and that's Eric Ebron, and that's because mm. he was notoriously lazy. He was drafted right after Anthony Barr. 
um, who the, obviously the Vikings picked Anthony Barr, the Lions picked Eric Ebron. That draft is star-studded. The only bust out of that is Eric Ebron. Mm. Who knows, maybe he goes back, hits the gym, um, change, makes some life changes, and all of a sudden he's ready to roll. I could really see him lighting up with Andrew Luck, depending on what, what version of Andrew Luck we get. Um, I think the safest, obviously, between 3, three and 13 and 9 and 7, I actually have them at an official prediction of 6 and 10, only because, let's just say Andrew Luck isn't, what, isn't who he was, and Oliver Luck deems that he shouldn't be on the field anymore. And steps Jacoby Brissett, who's pretty serviceable. So that's pretty much my take on the on the Colts. Uh, I know that these guys have been buzzing the tag in, so we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit the hot I just, tag. I just <laughs> wanted to say one thing. I hate to uh, you know hate to burst your bubble, rain on your parade, uh, but Oliver. I just looked it up. Oliver Luck is the commissioner and CEO of the XFL. All right. So I was so wrong. I just yeah, but <laughs> well, I, I mean, regardless, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminds, the no, but yeah, the, the point's remains. the same. I just yeah. wanted to you know, I mean, in, in case That's any really of our, cool, our case any of our listeners are at the water cooler tomorrow and they start talking about Oliver Luck not yeah. being the commissioner of the XFL, we don't want to you know. Or if, if anyone knows that Oliver Luck was also a quarterback, I'm pretty impressed. Yeah. <laughs> DM me. But, Let's see. But yeah, so uh, <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to mention: um, they actually cut two of their best defenders in Jonathan Hankins and John Bostic. Um, Very stupid. So what are you doing? It just it, that goes right into Jim Irsay being a legitimate crazy man. I have written like, down that I think this front office could challenge the Browns as the worst in the NFL. Mm. That's a little. No, no, that's very mind. fair. Yeah. I think the Bengals owner has something to. Uh, to <laughs> He's say like, wait a minute about me. <laughs> Marvin Lewis is the Pope. He, you get a new coach when he dies. <laughs> yeah. I think they have the biggest range of any team we talked about. Literally, yeah. Dean just proved it. They, all right. So the biggest question, the only question really, with some subplots, is Andrew Luck. Very, very small percent chance that he is at 100% top five quarterback like he was. If he is 100%, if he's the best, like I have two, two questions here. If he is the best he's ever been, what is their record? And then if he is at 50% with this horrible line and his reckless style of play, what are you going to go with? Please answer both questions. Please use the question in your answer. <laughs> no, you don't have to do that. Uh, I'm not going to be doing that. Uh, but... So I think that Andrew Luck being healthy really boosts the play of T.Y. Hilton. Last year was uh, he had four straight yards of a thousand uh, or four straight years of a thousand yard season. Four straight, <laughs> four, straight <laughs> four straight seasons with a thousand yards. That was like that your, was broken your thousand uh, receptions. Yeah, yards in a row. <laughs> he got all four of them. So that streak of four years was snapped last year without Luck. So that really boosts um, mm-hmm. Luck being in and healthy. Really boosts T.Y. Hilton. Per- turns him into a top five maybe receiver. Um, in the league, but I just don't know if they have any talent on defense aside from Malik Hooker, who they drafted. He got hurt last year, so he was having a pretty decent season until his injury. Sticking um, with just Andrew Luck, based because that to me is the biggest question. Obviously, their defense is poo, yeah. but he doesn't affect their their D. Answering, you kind of faded those questions. <laughs> I will I'll, give you a I'll chance. I'm like a politician. I answer my own questions <laughs> instead of yours. I'll, I'll take this head on because literally I, I kind of uh, summed it up in my yeah, analysis absolutely. originally. So literally to your to your question, Andrew Luck at 100%, even with this team that's kind of devoid of talent. I mean, like Mikey had mentioned, they, they do have T.Y. Hill and still who's pretty good. Marlon Mack is a guy with talent. And honestly, for a running back, all you need to be is halfway talented and yeah. not blind and you'll be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, if Eric Ebron also you know, could eat right and hit the gym and not be lazy. The, uh, I have them at, at ultimate max at 9-7, and seven, mainly because their division is tough. I mean, I have the Titans at 11-5, I have Texans um, mm-hmm. sweeping. I have them getting swept by their division, um, mm-hmm. even with Andrew Luck 100%. I just think that the, the quality of play in the division is pretty high, whereas when Andrew Luck first took over after that 1-15 year, the Texans, Titans, and Jaguars were all pretty much middle of the pack. Now they're all threatening for a playoff spot. That's a great point. Andrew Luck at 50%. I have them at 6-10, and 10, which I think is a very safe bet because I think somewhere Andrew Luck is going to throw them into games right. because that they shouldn't be in. And Andrew Luck also, who knows, maybe they pull the plug. And they traded for Jacoby Brissett. Let's not forget that they traded for him. So that means that they were a little bit nervous about what Andrew Luck was definitely his mm-hmm. rehab. So. I say six and ten at fifty, uh, nine and seven at a hundred. Okay, Mikey. Um, yeah, I just I think that even with Luck one hundred percent healthy, I think they remind me a lot of a team like the Packers, except like just worse on offense. They right. have just a bad defense and a bad line. Great comparison. And man. then and the quarterback, he's not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's he's very good. He's just he's no Aaron Rodgers. Especially right. you combine that with the fact that they have a few tough games on the schedule. Um, the only games that I have them winning. 
I have them beating the Texans early at home. Um, I just don't, just not knowing if Watson's going to be fully healthy, right? Um, or back in the swing of things until later on in the season. Have them beating the Bills at home. You obviously, we know I hate the Bills, mm-hmm. and uh, the Dolphins at home, just because that's a classic Dolphins move to lose in Indy, even though they're a, a better team overall. I think so. I have them at three wins. Um, I will be putting, uh, I will be taking the under, uh, putting a pretty sizable. A decent little bet on under seven and a half. Yeah, I actually already took them under. I have them at three and thirteen. I was able to get it at plus a hundred, so it was, it was completely even. So that's that's obviously great value. Uh, we just read the stat before. I think it was one fifteen. I'm not going to go back to that screen, but you know, anytime you can get even odds, that's pretty good. So I also have them three wins. I got them beating the Bengals at home opener um, after the bye at home against the Jags in week ten. I have uh, I have Jack Doyle plays well and they run well to slow the rush. I think that's a if you if they win that's what happens and then I have the last week of the season beating the stinky Titans as they play spoiler <laughs> and that is that Dean do you have any closing remarks No I think I covered everything and it's uh, you know tough division bad organization that's literally the last note I have yeah. on the team Yeah you absolutely know. guys thank you so much for listening I had a blast Matt's gonna be back next week We love Matt He's probably working out or oiling up his <laughs> He's probably body. working out I hope and point. writing about soccer at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's it. I know for a fact one of those things will happen. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> our Twitter handle is at winningtickspod. Definitely follow us, guys. We also have our personal accounts in the bio. Instagram is at the winning ticket pod. <laughs> and let's wrap it up. Good luck, boys. <laughs> <laughs>